we we asked Elise Sterling from ParamountSports.com to be flexible with us today, and uh, he was. So he joins us to kick off hour number two. So, Lee, before we get into your picks, before we get into ParamountSports.com, and I know that we'll give this disclaimer. We're not sure if our dump button works. It does, by the way. But just I wanted to get your take on what happened last week at the end of the Miami-Georgia Tech game and what's been the fallout since. Lee, for those who don't know, follows Miami, lives in the area. Can, is it fair for me to say a Miami fan, Lee? So it goes so deep, Chris. My dad was the team dentist for 30 years. <laughs> See, I knew it was I, deep. I was on the sideline starting in the early 70s. I was on the sideline for the game where we lost to Ohio State in the national championship. Uh, I got my master's from there. My daughter was the cheerleader there. Other than that, I'm not really a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been the fallout from it? It's it's pretty deep. Uh, here's the thing that bothers me most. So I stay up and watch games all hours of the night. Right. I saw the debacle in 2018, not quite as bad as this. He could have run it down against Stanford in 2018, I think he could have run it down to about 15, 18, 20 seconds if he was just taking a knee three or four straight times. He instead decided to run on like third and two, third and three. Running back fumbles, Stanford goes down, kicks a field goal, ties the game, wins it in overtime. And he was at midfield at the time. I told three or four media outlets when asked what I thought of the Mario hire, great motivator, probably the only guy that can save the program because he can recruit, and he's still recruiting unbelievably. But he has no idea as far as game management, clock management, that he should hire. You ever seen that guy Steve Karnecki's like on MSNBC? Yeah. Yeah. Hire someone like that. Hire a math geek that can figure all that out. Pay him $100,000, $150,000. He shows up at every single game. He's on your headset, and he tells you what to do. The biggest problem, the thing, the thing that bothered me the most, I don't think Mario Cristobal understood what he had done or didn't do until he hit the locker room. That's what's amazing. Mm. Now, with that in mind, I do think that's going to be a heck of a game between them and North Carolina this week, and I really do. I do, too. So, if you end the season that way, it's disastrous. Right. Like when Miami lost to Ohio State, I can tell you this much. It was like a morgue there for two or three months, and I think it affected the Miami program for a number of years. But I think the best thing for young kids is to get back out the next week so they have the opportunity. I think the, the, the week to fade Miami might be next week because these kids went through a lot this week. I personally think they're going to get up for this game. And North Carolina has not faced anywhere the type of offense. best offense they've faced so far is App State, and App State put 34 on them. Miami's defensive line, number two in the country in creating havoc, yards for loss, and really good special teams here. If Miami had won that game, and they should have won the game, they committed five turnovers, all they need to do is take a knee. This line is a pick em for North Carolina minus one. You're getting three extra points here. I think Miami wins 34-30. Take Miami this week, I think the week to fade them, win or lose, where they'll be flat, possibly, is next week against Clemson. Mm, I like it. All right, let's see. Well, and, and by the way, 
you guys can get all kinds of insight like that at ParamountSports.com. I'm not even kidding, man. Lee, I, I say this about you. You know, there's so many people that are like, hey, this is mine. Call me for my picks. You, you go to these cities. You study these teams. You're a football guy. You played the game. You know what you love. it. So that's why I did talking to you. So let's get I after it with your picks. ParamountSports.com. Lee, Alabama-Arkansas is interesting. This is a big yep. number. Arkansas seemed like it's ha- it had its one big moment when they nearly beat LSU and just been a, a disaster since. Is this number even big enough for this kind of stride that Alabama seems to be finding right now? I don't think so. Milrow, like you men- mentioned, really is hitting his stride. Uh, defensive line for, for Arkansas. We talked about like Miami's defensive line depth. They go 11-12 deep. Arkansas goes like five deep. They've given up 189, 196, and 204 yards to three SEC games. And you got to at least hold your own in the SEC at the line of scrimmage. They've only run for 42 and 36 yards here. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it here. The Alabama big, 44-14. Kansas State, that was a shocking loss uh, a week ago tonight at Oklahoma State. Now they, they hit the road again, and K-State's not necessarily been a good road team. They've already lost in Missouri and uh, Oklahoma State on the road. Now they're back on the road at Texas Tech. Texas Tech favored by one. How do you forecast this thing, Lee? So I think actually, and you guys don't play Texas Tech? No. Nope. I think Texas Tech right now is the hottest team in the conference. They won by 25 against Baylor. It should have been 45. They turned the ball over twice. They dominated. Texas Tech reminds me a lot of Washington State. I watch Washington State all the time late at night. And the people in Washington and around that area who are Washington and Oregon fans, when Washington State, the nickname of the team is the Cougars, when they do something dumb, they call it Cougan it. So we got to come up with a name. Texas Tech can do – they can, like, run seven straight times for six to ten yards, and then they do the dumbest things, like they'll try a double reverse pass. So – if they can just stop the dumbness and, and, and play smart, this is a, a really good team. They're a run-first team now. Now, Kansas State lost their middle linebacker. Since they lost this kid, Daniel Green, nothing on defense. Will Howard's trying to fit passes into small windows, really tight windows, and his receivers are getting no separation. They don't have any backs or receivers that scare you. I like Tech here, thirty-one twenty-seven. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, getting a chance to talk to him to start our second hour of the show today. <sighs> Big one, Notre Dame-USC. Weather, we saw the uh, spraying of the punt returners whenever they were trying to catch passes this week. Yeah. This is uh, looking like it's going to be a wet Saturday in South Bend. What do you think? Only two. Yeah, here's, here's what's crazy. I think USC should be the favorite. USC does two things really well. Obviously, on offense, they are incredible they have maybe, if not the number one, number two quarterback in the country. He'll go in the top two or top three, Caleb Williams. Here's something most people are, would be shocked at. It's going to shock you. USC is number eight in the country in sacks. So I think they're going to put some pressure on Sam Hartman. They try to create havoc, get sacks, turnovers. They still give up a ton of points, but you've got to get the ball for the offense. Sam Hartman was sacked five times last week against Louisville. I think Notre Dame's played out. Wrong team favorite. USC pulls the upset, 37-30. I can't wait to watch this game. It's uh, the game of the week. Washington 
Favored by three over Oregon, battle of potential Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. Who knows, right, when it's all said <laughs> yep. and done. Washington, Oregon, what do you think Washington favored by three? I think both quarterbacks kind of cancel each other out. Bo Nix, his experience, uh, he is the better runner. Uh, he is more dual threat. Michael Penix can throw the long ball. He's three guys that can get deep on anyone. The difference in this game might be defense. Both two top five offenses, but Oregon's defense ranked sixth, Washington number 62. A key matchup to watch if Oregon's going to be successful. There are two running backs, number zero, Bucky Irving, number 20, Jordan James, versus what I think is an average group of Washington linebackers. If they're able to get them in one-on-one situations out of the backfield, then I think Oregon wins the game. Washington won last year in an upset in Eugene. I think Oregon repays the favor here, 45-42. ParamountSports.com. Lee, uh, hit me up with your play of the week and how uh, listeners of the ref can get it. Uh, Dallas, the Chargers, big game on Monday night. Uh, We are rolling here, even though we lost West Virginia last night on the Hail Mary. We're 47-22-2 on the year. You want to get Dallas and the Chargers for free, call 800-400-9741. Give you that game for free, 800-400-9741. And we have our first 40- to 50-unit college play of the year. We're 62-20 and 20 on these 40- to 50-unit plays the last 15 years. You want to get this game? We don't call it October. We call it Locktober. Get three weeks of action, just 247, just one place, ParamountSports.com. You're the man. Thanks for being flexible with us, Lee. We'll talk to you no next problem, week. No problem, Chris. Great Take stuff. care. See ya. Got a couple of games tonight that I find interesting. Okay, so when he says units, can I? What does that mean? So that would be, you place like, you place ten wagers, right? Right. And wow. each each bet that you place, each game that you play, you play one unit per game, right? Oh, the amount of money that you're spending. That's right. right. Okay. So like, if we said you're spending two units on this game, that'd be you're betting twice as much. If I'm betting four dollars on a game, that's my eight dollar bet, right? No one's betting four dollars on a game. I just I hear that it's a ten unit game. I'm like, basically it's it's Lee and Paramount Sports saying this is a game we feel so confident in. This is our big play for you. Yeah, I know. Uh, and by the way, I know. I think when Lee says a hottest team in the Big Twelve, guys, I think it's with the understanding that Oklahoma's off this week, and with the understanding that OU's number one. I don't think he's trying to say Tech is is playing better than Oklahoma. It, it, there's some dramatics and some effects that go into it. Hottest I, team not named Oklahoma. Not named Oklahoma, yeah. Though I, I will say the 7A5 did ask a good question. If Caleb Williams isn't the top quarterback in college football, who is? Well, I don't know. This, oh. Let's have a little sports history lesson here this week. For those of you that don't nerd out over the draft like your boy does nonstop, Every single year when there is a can't-miss slam dunk, he's the number one pick quarterback. Uh, We can take you back to Burrow. We can go to Trevor Lawrence. Gosh, Josh. I'm Cam Newton. Scam Newton. You know, all these. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun. Well, Deshaun wasn't the number one overall pick. I'm just talking like slam dunks number one overall pick, right? There's always a. Luck. Luck, right. And luck is a great example. Because there's always these people that suddenly out of nowhere say things like, man, I'd take Robert Griffin III over Andrew Luck. Because we, we don't care about facts. We care about what's going to get us a little bit of 
traction. Reaction, a little traction. I mean, Mike Tannehill, wait, Tannenhill, Tannenbaum? Tannenbaum. Thank you. For a week, ESPN had it as a headline story that the Jets should trade for Matt Stafford because Mike Tannenbaum said so. Two problems. Number one, Stafford was never on the trade block. And number two, there's no way the Jets financially could have made that work. But let's not let facts get in the way. So I, when I say in, into that question, um, when I say that there is a lot of, well, I've got to come up with something different, I mean it because the bottom, the bottom line more than anything else, Josh, is this. You're going to have people leading up to the draft that are going to start saying, well, you know, I don't know, but I think Drake May might be a better quarterback. Or, sure. Or if I'm – I might not even take Caleb Williams because I might wait and try to get Bo Nix because everyone has to be different. Yeah, there you go. Right there from the 918. Drake May is being talked about as potentially the first quarterback to be taken in the draft. Absolutely 100% right. You're going to hear that. Why? Because it's just too obvious and too automatic to come in there and be like, "Yeah, when you got number one, you're going to take, you're going to take Caleb Williams and not even think twice about it." Yeah, it's uh, it's better just, better for conversation better to for have co- a little right, little controversy to mix it up a little bit. So that's part of it, and I think also, but even then, somebody would probably say, to your point, Plank. Uh huh. Well, I don't like either Caleb Williams or Drake May. Uh, exactly. Let, let me tell you the third quarterback you should right. be looking at. I mean, we have a laundry list of cold takes exposed with people like. Chris Sims, among others, letting you know that if they were picking with the top spot, they would draft guys like Josh Rosen or Trey Lance or, oh gosh, I, Tom Savage. We had a Tom Savage. I think Tom Savage is the best quarterback in the draft. So th- there's part of it. There's part of it, number one. And then number two, the Heisman Trust, if you're, you know, technically – there probably should have been a couple of Heisman trophies for a Jason White. Technically, there probably should have been a couple of Heisman trophies for Johnny Manziel. But you've got to go above and beyond to get that second Heisman. It just doesn't happen. And I think that you'll see a lot of things about Michael Penix if Washington wins or Bo Nix if Oregon wins. You, you've seen a lot about Dylan Gabriel, and understandably so, with the way that he engineered that final drive uh, and with the way he played against Texas. So – I do think there's a certain aspect of this where, oh, you've already won the Heisman. You better really wow us if you're going to go win it again. Sure. But I'm, that's I'm, fair. I'm with you. I'd be terrible on these. It's like, hey, you got the number one pick. Uh, qu- no, no question. I'm taking Caleb Williams. What hey, about you? No, I'm you would be Caleb. right, by the way. I'm taking Caleb Williams. Who's the best quarterback in college football? Caleb Williams. Okay. It, it pains us to say it, right? Kind of hurts coming out, but you got to accept that's. Where is USC without Caleb Williams right now? Oh, they'd be a pretty bad football team. Exactly. Uh, All right, quick break. Quick break. (laughs) Five eight zero Nate. I gotta. I gotta put the. I gotta put the text line down. Five eight zero Nate is on fire right now. Every time I try to go to break, he texts something, and it completely and totally (laughs) makes me want to keep rolling. All right, quick break. When we come back to that Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line, thanks to Lee Sterling, this is the home of Sooner fans. Hey, I'm I'm gonna do this real quick before we before the day gets too far away from us, because we got the top five stories of the day. We got our six pack of picks. I haven't uh, for the. For the degenerates out there, I haven't thrown out my plank parlay or my upset special. 
Did you know Josh Helmer? I need to make picks for the Ref Royal Rumble. I'm probably in the doghouse. No, nah, I don't think you're. I don't. Has Taylor? Has Tyler made his yet? I don't know. I think everybody's probably made theirs. I, I want to believe that there is some sort of a Friday deadline that's supposed to be enforced. I will say this in defense of myself: when I call a Thursday night game, it, it throws everything everything. off. I was yeah. at a high school football game last night, and I sat next to my buddy Chris Wilkerson. And the whole time we'd be like, "Yeah, man, I can't wait for that game tomorrow between Notre Dame and USC." And blah. And you're like, "What? Hold on, Saturday. The game Saturday between because you're just you're out of Thursday night game." Warriors, by the way, dominate. Great job by Coach Beller's crew. Coach K's defense was elite. What was the final over there last I night? I think it was like 53 zip. They went with a running clock in the second half, Josh Helmer, and it was a fantastic running clock. It wasn't just a running clock to where it would run while the game was going on. It was a running clock that ran even during breaks, which I don't know if I've seen that before. So, yeah, 53 to zip. They 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 squeaked by. We got Lindsey next. Or I'm sorry. We got Purcell next week. We're coming for you, Purcell. Coming for you. Look out, baby. 54 to nothing. How about that? That was close. There was a lot of wind. It was the first time where I put on a hoodie and felt like I truly needed to wear a sad hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm pretty excited to see a couple of Sooner coaches there. Pretty excited to see Joe John Finley, Finley Joe John Finley and Jeff Levy. Mm-hmm. I didn't nerd out. I didn't go say hey. I was like, "What's up, guys? Remember me? Post game, huh?" No, it was really cool. It was because we need to in home, and I think that the, I think there's three dudes currently on the Washington Warrior roster that could play for the Sooners. In Nate Roberts, and, and I'm talking about tight ends. Nate Roberts, Cooper Alexander, and the youngest Alexander, who's only a freshman. Great uh, broadcaster. What? <laughs> that's that's an inside joke. I'm sorry. We're not supposed to bring inside jokes to the radio. Don't you think that what, at the very least, needs to be part of the show? What? No doubt. My daughter was doing an interview with, I think it's Chase Alexander. And he says, Welcome back. I'll be your host tonight. This is Emma Emma Plank. Plank. What? I'm standing by with, and he says his name, Chase Alexander. And all of a sudden, all you hear is, What? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's great. I, I, I felt, I felt Josh angry little league dad like bowling <laughs> up in me. It was like this is not what you were taught. I, I drove her home. I'm like, you can think I am a terrible dad. You can think I am terrible at sports, terrible at life, but I can help you when it comes to producing a broadcast. You do not get rattled in the booth. What? There's, there's no one around us. We got to play. It. We got to play it at some point. But yeah, so high school football tonight though is still very busy. On the Ref Radio Network, or specifically KRefSports.tv. That's correct. Adam and Santa Fe at Norman is tonight at 7. All these games start at 7. More versus Janks at 7 o'clock. The Jinx Trojans uh, trying, trying to roll. Lawton is at Deer Creek, and then UConn is at Owasso. Perry was telling me that in the Bixby games, the last three games, they've had the rolling clock, too. Yeah, I'm, they're really good. I'm in the car. I'm driving home, and it's 918, and I call my wife. I'm like, hey, we're heading home. She's like, no. No. Why? What happened? Running clock. Sorry. We're here. Um, all right. So here we go. The Associated Press apparently didn't understand the trademark that we had on midseason awards. Um, but here we go. And it's very Sooner-centric. This is in the Big 12. 
You know, we thought, hey, maybe Neil Brown for top coach, but no. Brent Venables, Sooner 6-0 for the 10th time since 2000, coming off a 6-7 and season. Now it's kind of funny, by the way. It's, it's funny that people now when they look back, it's like, yeah, they, you know, all – Four of those losses last season were, you know, by three points. Suddenly people kind of look back and realize maybe it wasn't as bad as we were guffawing about and freaking out about last year. Yep. Josh, the top offensive player, according to the Associated Press, in their midseason awards? Dylan Gabriel. Top defensive player? Danny Stutzman. Top first-year freshman? Peyton Bowen. <laughs> yes. The only... The only two things that didn't go – well, they got a handful here. Um, they, they went on a few different angles. Coach of the year so far, Brent Venables. Yeah, so coach of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and freshman newcomer, all Oklahoma Sooners. Their top first-year transfer was Donovan Smith. That's it. We're done with this publication. We riot. How dare they? Their most surprising team was West Virginia. Well, <laughs> well, that kind of came to an end last <laughs> Might night. I want to rethink that one. Or are they more surprising for giving up the Hail Mary now? <laughs> Maybe so. A very surprising finish from West Virginia. Most surprising player was Houston sophomore receiver Samuel Brown, the West Virginia transfer. He leads the Big 12 in catches and yards. I don't know if that's really a surprise. I think people were pretty high on him. Most disappointing team. Who would you? Okay, this is a good one. There's a lot of options here. Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas. I mean, even the loss, right? TCU's in that mix. I would say Kansas State. Ooh, they chose TCU. Was the national runner-up last season, making the four-team college football playoff. Yada yada yada. There is an awesome Kansas State's the defending Big Twelve champion, and probably lost two games so far that. At Missouri, at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, they should have won. But uh, there's there's a lot of disappointment in the Big 12. There is a cut that I've got to find from Sonny Dykes post game after they lost to uh, who they lose to this last Iowa State this last weekend. Oklahoma State would be a good candidate for that before the K State game. game. But this cut from Sonny Dykes, there is about a five second just exhale. It's like you know we just. <laughs> literally called the offense in the third quarter the worst offense he's ever seen in his life. That's <laughs> just terrible. I mean, you, we, we talk about hero to zero. We talk about that fine line between rock star and sucktitude, if that's even a word. Bro, it's, they've fallen off that bad boy at TCU. This is why, in some ways, it's better to be on the Brent Venables trajectory to where it's not lightning in a bottle to start. It's gradual improvement, which obviously has turned into pretty rapid improvement for Oklahoma this year. But don't you feel start slow and all of a sudden the program starts showing some legitimate improvement signs in year two that that feels like there's more staying power? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Here versus what Sonny Dykes has got going at TCU. Do you know what's gone incredibly quiet, too? It's a lot of Colorado talk. A lot of Colorado talk has gone incredibly quiet. All the hype and all the buzz leading into the USC game, um, leading into the Oregon game, they kind of get humbled those two games and have to squeak by to beat, what, Arizona State? 
And Colorado plays tonight. Tonight. They Colorado the Cardinal. Plays. Yeah. Dion, though, did have some hot takes on Friday night football, which we got to get to a little bit later on in the program. We have any problem with the Associated Press copying us with their midseason awards? They uh, did not publish first team, second team. No, offense, they didn't. Defense. They didn't. That I'm guessing that OU is going to wind up with more than uh, one player on those teams. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I think that that's my prediction. Two of you. your linemen should probably be first team. Right, I, I, offensive lineman, maybe a third. I'm, I'm, I'm not the smartest man when it comes to understanding if the offensive line is doing its job right or not. But everything I hear about Andrew Rame seems to be pretty solid. Seems to be pretty positive. We just got to figure out the snap with the quarterback. Dude, that's twice. That is a sneaky, alarming piece from a couple of trips away from Norman. That snap, that play Dylan Gabriel made, I was on the farthest end of the field when that happened. Did that turn into a scoring drive for OU? I think I think they had to punt. I think they had to punt, if I'm not mistaken. Well, but then they got the free first down. Oh, that's right. That was the roughing the kicker. It may have. It may have. It may not have. Josh, everything is a blur from Saturday, even, <laughs> even, even after writing 3,000 words about it. Understood. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was um, – it was without a doubt one of the bigger potential nightmare plays in that game. The Gabriel made a save, saved the day. I think they had to punt on that drive. I could be wrong, but regard. I'm, I'm sure I'm about to be corrected. Field Not goal. Oh, it was field. Oh, okay. So it did lead to points. It did save them. Okay. By the way, my personal favorite thing is those of you who catch the show on a delay or are listening on an app like or 10 listen- minutes later yeah or or are listening to it the next day or something gunny's always really good at this and i'll get two or three messages it was like it's this it's this it's like ah uh, you got it i'm like yeah i got it 10 hours ago dude <laughs> we got there hey the show is right now when you're listening to it <laughs> all right quick break the text line i mentioned is on fire we got some really good stuff to get to next right here on the ref all right 1038 on the ref for a bye week, we we got a lot going on. Let's hit the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Honolulu Sooner is checked in. Happy 248th birthday to the United States Navy. Boomer. Hey, is that you in that picture, Honolulu Sooner? What a fine-looking man you are. Um, Well, I mean, I, I think you do understand where we stand on this program, Honolulu Sooner, while we say happy birthday. This is very much a, a Army program. So you just need to go ahead and take your L whenever you play Army this year, and we'll be good to go. But That's dang, a great photo. Great photo. Happy birthday to the Navy. Very sharp. The 918 asks a legacy question, Josh Helmer. A legacy question. Okay. When does Stutzman <clears> – <throat> what does Stutzman have to do to cement himself as an OU legend? To me, he's one of the best linebackers in a while. Yeah, I mean, I think he's already an OU legend. He's going to finish that way. He's well what, on his way. What uh, what has he got to do to establish himself in that regard? Just keep playing the way he is. Keep playing like this, and I don't think there's any doubt he's going to wind up an All-American. I think he's uh, in the mix, if not the front runner. Who else, you know, without looking this or that up, Jay Higgins at Iowa is having an incredible season. Right. At linebacker. That would be somebody in the mix, but uh, Danny Stutzman, because of what Oklahoma is doing as a team, I mean, to me, he's the front runner for the Butkus. Harold Perkins, 
Has Jalen Ford done much at, at Texas? I don't remember hearing his name called much at all Saturday. No. You know, I'm going to look and he's going to have 15 tackles, isn't he? 24 tackles. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember hearing that guy's name called once. Yeah, but they weren't impactful. Jalen Ford had 24 tackles on the game. He's like, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, what do you think? I'm not saying anything bad about the texter. I don't care how he's viewed historically until after his season's done. Sure. I mean, I, I, I know Debbie Downer. What does he have to do? Well, to me, continue to win every game. Remember we were just talking about with TCU, the fine line from hero to zero? I, I would say. But, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of an in-the-now guy. I love the question, right? And I'm debating in my head all the way home. But, yeah, I just I keep winning games. Keep winning games. If Oklahoma can win the Big 12 this season, go to a college football playoff, obviously if you win a CFP game or win the national championship, then pretty much everybody on this team is legendary status, right? I mean, it's been so long. But uh, the biggest stars would would be, yeah, yeah all-time legends at Oklahoma. But, it, like, taking it down a notch from that, if Oklahoma doesn't backslide defensively in the second half of the season, if they – continue on the trajectory that it looks like they're on defensively and Stutzman of course would be the the primary figure in that that to me is going to go a long way toward how he's remembered because again here is somebody that he's molding this defense right he's reshaping it yeah he is he is I think I think also part of that becomes how people talk about you when you're gone not dead Thank you. Whenever you've moved on, listen to Teddy talk about the guys that were there before him. And then listen to the guys that played with Teddy talk about him. And then listen to the guys that played with Rufus and Curtis Loft and talk about them, right? I mean, listen to Danny talk about the boss, right? When the boss was around. But I saw it. You know, it is interesting because someone had texted us and had brought up how Boz wasn't allowed to be around. And my response to that, I hope it was was clear. I don't think there was ever a part where he wasn't allowed to be around. But he said something about the defense. He kind of dumped on Mike on – and it was right around an OU-Texas game. He kind of dumped on Mike a little bit on Fox. And I don't think that made many people very happy with him. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was ever like a Boz being banned from the program type of a mindset. He has a lot – listen, Boz has a lot going on. He really does. The dude's got his hand in a little bit of everything. And he's a producer and he's um, he's a fitness guy. He's he's sharp dude. But I don't think there was ever a get him out of here. So I apologize if that was construed that way. Well, it's good to have him. But it's, what, but it's good to have him back. Yeah, whatever it was, it's he needs to be a part of the program. So the point is, I would say for Danny, all right, so when in 10 years from now when, when Kip Lewis is asked about that, 2023 team is he going to tell you the same things that Teddy tells you about Rocky and Torrance Marshall right uh-huh. and I think so and I think so that is always going to be something that will cement him as one of the all-time greats and we're living in this idea right that yeah. I mean this this is it after this season for Stutzman I I because don't that's the other piece if he comes back and is great again you know the longevity of a career if you're talking sooner legend that's always a big part of it. That's to me. That's what, in some ways, the personality, of course, 
But that's what separated Baker here from Kyler is you only got one season right. of Kyler. Jalen. Uh, that's a good question. I haven't looked at dra- I haven't even thought about a draft angle yet. My draft concerns for Oklahoma had always just been, all right, what's what is Dylan Gabriel viewed as? Right? I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where Stutzman's not a first round really? draft pick. Okay. Right? I, I, I would I would think so. But then again, I mean, Teddy Lehman should have been a first-round pick in my mind, and Rocky Kalman should have been a first-round pick in my mind. But, well, Torrance Marshall should have been. But I, Again, I don't know. I don't know, Josh. Even I'll, if he's a second-round guy, I mean, how much higher is the stock going to get? Sure. So, I, And it's funny because I remember having these conversations after, uh, what was it, the Rose Bowl, and we didn't know if Derek Strait or if Teddy were going to come back. And I think I don't even think there was much question about it. I think Rocky had a decision to make after the championship year, and he came back. Oh no, it's good. It's a good question. Uh, sooner, wow, that's ten minutes on like one text. We're never going to get through these. It's a good text though. It was a great text. Sooner dog writes. I think OSU should qualify for most disappointing because they have the most disappointing loss. South Alabama was so bad, and not just in the fact that they lost, but how they lost. Iowa State would like a word though for most disappointing loss. Sooner Coetzel writes. I mean. Is TCU the most disappointing team when they lost a bunch of key starters? Yeah, Which, we, we could have had – see, and that's sort of where I'm at with it too, is I did not expect TCU to be all that great this year. They were such an obvious fallback candidate. Right. From the 918. Why are you not talking positive about KU? 5-1. and one. They will beat OSU tomorrow. Their only loss is against Texas, who I might add, not a bad football team. If you guys come down to earth and see – so, yes, OU1, Texas 2, and Kansas 3. See, here's my problem with that. Um, again, I know that's a little shot at us, 918, and we can take it. <laughs> I feel like in every, every inch of, of giving credit to Texas, like a yard is taken. So, in other words, I'm like, that's a good football team. That's a good football team Oklahoma just beat. The reaction usually is, shouldn't have beat them. Took last-second drive to beat them. That's what I see. That's that's what I see. So that that's nine one eight where I'm I'm a little bit slow because it seems as if any little piece of hey you know that's a good football team suddenly becomes pff, outgained them, outgained them, lost turnover <laughs> battle. Um, if Arkansas pulls the upset over Alabama, does that diminish the Texas win over Alabama? That's from Loco Ohio. No. I don't think. I mean, yeah, oh, it, in the long run, it a little bit. in the long run, yes. But I mean, like, you think Texas is gonna feel any less positive about going there and beating them? For and, anybody, for anybody worried about the transitive property not working to Oklahoma's advantage here, don't worry. Alabama ain't losing to Arkansas. Arkansas is Arkansas is an interesting place for the hot seat right now. Because they love yeah. Sam Pittman, and he had a great start, but it has uh, you got, spiraled. You got Dan Enos, their offensive coordinator, who's you know emailing students, fighting with them. And this should be was ex- expected to be so much better than how this is playing out now. I mean, KJ Jefferson in the offseason is getting talked about as arguably the best or one of the best SEC quarterbacks. He's been terrible. Arkansas has been terrible. Yeah, it's a mess down there right now. Mm-hmm. When is the last time they beat Alabama? I feel like they've lost to them like 
15 times in a row? You know, that's a really good question. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to assume that the last time – It's never close, it doesn't seem like, either. Uh, the last time that Alabama beat – or Arkansas beat Alabama, I'm going to assume that it involved one Matt Jones. The Tide have won 16 matchups in a row. See, I told you. It felt like 15-16. I knew it was a, a lot. So 49-26 last year, by the way. 16 straight. The last win – in Fayetteville, was in double overtime in 2006, and the Hogs beat them 24-23. There was a stretch there where Arkansas won three of four. <laughs> Two overtimes. They got them. Well, i got to go back now and find out who that 2006 Arkansas quarterback was. Was I right? That seems more like in the uh, – <laughs> that seems more in the Cliff Stout era, right? Let's see here. They went to the – Gus Malzahn was their offensive coordinator. Clint Stout, sorry. Is that right? Uh, the starting quarterback. Oh, no, I was wrong, Josh. It was Mitch Mustaine. Oh, wow. From Arkansas lore. Oh, my goodness. How dare I not forget Mitch Mustaine? I I've got to give Arkansas its fair shake here. There's been three one-score games out of this 16-game uh, oh, really? losing streak. Okay. But there's also, like I told you, 49-26 last year, a 52-3. Uh, in Fayetteville in 2020. How about 48-7? Who could forget in 19? 65-31 in oh, 18. 41-9 in 17. I mean, it's getting smacked. I think I found your lock for you, Josh. <laughs> you and I rode Alabama last week, and it worked. But a shout out to my man Drew England checking in today. Uh, he actually, I was going back. He had just texted the show, and I was looking at his uh, keys to victory for Oklahoma last Friday against uh, Texas. Pretty good, Drew. Pretty good. Right on. Heisman Talk next. It's the Plank Show right here on a Friday on the Home of Sooner Fans. You really are the last member of the Ref Royal Rumble to get your pick in. What are you thinking? Uh, I need to look at some games. See, this is what I'm talking about. My whole feng shui is thrown off by doing a Thursday game because Thursday night NFL football gets me in the mode of, oh, I got to get my pick in. Right. You know, and then I start looking at games and thinking, and uh, when I'm calling a game on Thursdays, I don't get into that zone where I'm like, all right, let's think about these, <laughs> these games. I, uh, I feel really good about my picks this week, Josh. You know why? Did you see who had the same upset special and lock that I did? The chairman did. The chairman? The wow. The chairman did. That's never happened for me before. So what, uh, what are you rolling with? I'm rolling with Tennessee as my lock. Again, yeah. I'm ready to be hurt. And I'm going with my upset special to be Army against Troy. Two teams that uh, are in the top ten in time of possession and rushing offenses in college football this year. And Troy and Army. And Army is good for one of these. Also, I think it's parents weekend. No, 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 it's not. It's not because it doesn't, it doesn't coordinate with our bye week. I think the following weekend is parents weekend. So, that's my pick. I will say, though. How about a bad beat last night for... Steelman and Drake. And and Teddy, apparently, too. Did Teddy have that as his lock? And apparently maybe Teddy. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> you, whenever they play the Thursday night games, you are so out on the on the Ref Royal Rumble. <laughs> Unless you picked one of the Thursday games, which we haven't had an upset yet in those games. Uh, this is a really good text, and I want, I want you to think about it. I want you to talk amongst yourselves. 
It's from the 918. Very, very active day for the 918 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Brings me much joy, peeps. I'll be in Tulsa tomorrow, Josh. You know what I'm in Tulsa for tomorrow? Do you know what I get to do in Tulsa? Pumpkin patch. I get to walk around a stupid pumpkin patch. Congratulations. Is it a pretty cool pumpkin patch, though? Dude, it's t- they're all, all pumpkin patches. You know where's a good place to go get a pumpkin, Josh? Um, Monty, go see our crew over at Markham's Nursery. Go see them. They've got great pumpkins. It's awesome. You don't have to go to a patch. Monty and the crew, they're great. <sighs> Love them. You know what? It's also where Crystal Bacon, real man Tommy Bacon, that's family now. Look out. Good morning, writes the 918. I was in a Heisman conversation last night and looked at USC's schedule for the rest of the year. There is a chance they lose three to four games. If that happens, what are the odds that Caleb Williams might actually not get an invite to New York City? Clearly the best quarterback in the nation. But then record may put him off. Uh, I think, I mean, clearly you wouldn't win it if they lose that many games. But, I mean, it would be shocking for him not to be one of the five finalists, four finalists, right? Current Heisman odds. This is according to VegasInsider.com. Caleb Williams is no longer the favorite. He is the second choice. Uh, plus 325 is the biggest number I see for Michael Penix. But there's also a plus. Oh, yeah, the plus. Is there. Never mind. Plus 325 for Michael Penix, plus 300 for Caleb Williams. Actually, plus 200 for Penix. Whoa. And the lowest one is plus 225. Whoa. Bo Nix is actually pretty close to Caleb Williams. Yeah, winner of this game goes a long way toward maybe winning it. Texture might be on to something. It's the Plank Show.